Amen. Good morning, everyone. Woo, look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you made it today. Hallelujah. It's good today to be in the house of the Lord on this Super Bowl Sunday. Thank God for the Dolphins. We're going to take it this year. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm just prophesying, just prophesying. So praise the Lord. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord today. We just welcome all of our guests and visitors here today. Maybe it's the first time or a long time that you've been here today. We just welcome you here today. We're so glad that you came. We realize we live in a world of options, and you had plenty of options for churches here in this area. There's like 33 churches in our area, so you had to ride by somebody's church to get to this church. So we're grateful today that you chose to be here today. Amen. Church, will you just give all of our guests and our visitors a great big God bless you today. It's good to have them in the house of the Lord. It's good to have some new friends. We met Willie and Ellie, or his wife, and their sons. Good to have you guys with us today. They they uh, they detailed my my side by side here on Friday night, and so they were here, and so they're here with us today. God bless you guys. It's good to meet you guys, and good to have you with us. So you see all these decorations. This is from the creative mind of Pastor Mark Murphy. What's going on right here? He's not uh, he's not finished with it. There'll be more stuff here on the stage for this afternoon at 4:30. We'll have to meet the pros. It's going to be an amazing event. And we're just going to believe God for souls to be saved. Amen. I talked to uh, one of the speakers last night, uh, one of the guys that kind of heads it up. And uh, they're going to have their fishing rigs out there with their decorated trucks and boats. They're going to have some of those out there. And then they're going to be in here. And it's just going to be an amazing time together. So we look forward to a great time. Just going to be from 4.30 to 6.30. So we'll get you out in time to watch Miami win the Super Bowl. It's going to have an amazing, amazing day. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how many are ready for the word this morning? Hallelujah. Why don't you stand to your feet? This is something that we like to do. We like to, we like to stand and give honor to the word of the Lord. We, we stand for so many things in our nation. I believe we ought to at least stand for God's word and just give honor and attention to it. I never take the word of God lightly. I never even take this pulpit lightly. I never take it lightly. I, I believe any time that God affords us an opportunity to gather together and to, to minister his word, supernatural things happen by the power of preaching. Supernatural things happen by the power of gathering. Amen. So we're glad that you're here today. I want you to go with me to uh, Psalm 75. Psalm 75. I'm just kind of staying in this vein a little bit. Uh, as you know, several weeks ago, God began to deal with me, and uh, most of you know by now I'm not a, a topical preacher. I just preach what I hear God saying in the moment or in the season that we're in. And, and several weeks ago, I just got so stirred in my heart over about a spirit that our nation is contending with. And uh and I just, I can't let it go. And so I've just been drilling down on it as much as I can and with, with the time frame that we have each Sunday here. But, but God continues to speak to me certain things out of these particular passages of Scripture. So I just want you to know today that I, I'm after a spirit today. Amen. I'm after something today that needs to be eradicated. Eradicated out of our homes. Eradicated out of our lives. Eradicated out of our nation. Amen. Hallelujah. And I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than the power of the enemy of our spirit. Amen. 
So Psalm 75, I want to kind of just start there, and then we'll go back to 1 Kings. Psalm 75, verse number 4, it says, And I said to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. The same word for horn is the word authority. In other words, to the wicked, I said, do not lift up your authority. Do not lift up your horn or your authority on high. Do not speak with insolent pride. For not from the east nor from the west, nor from the desert comes exaltation, or it's the same word for promotion. So neither the, the east nor the west nor the north and all those places, promotion doesn't come from those places. Promotion comes from the Lord. God is the judge. He puts down one and he exalts another. You can't always tell who God's about to elevate. Just look at somebody telling me, you just better watch out for me because you just don't know. You don't know when God's about to elevate somebody. Hallelujah. I started to call this message today, I'm next in line. It's my turn. I almost started to call it that. But, but, but look with me now, if you would, to 1 Kings. This is kind of the spirit that I'm picking on today. And I'm picking on it because it's been picking on us. And I've learned something about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God advances through forceful people. That's what Jesus said. He said, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The, the, the NIV version says, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. So it's forceful people who lay hold of the kingdom of God. So I just, I just like to say it this way, not that I'm looking for a fight with the devil, but if the devil's going to pick on me, if the devil's going to attack me, don't let him think for a moment I'm just going to roll over and play dead and let him do what he wants to do when there's enough power and anointing in me to say you mess, you messing with somebody different than you what you should have picked a fight with. So just look at somebody next to you and tell them, you don't know what God's about to do. You just don't know. You don't know. I've got some fight in me. Yes, I do. So 1 Kings... First Kings, and just forgive me of my voice if I'm in and out of my voice. I told my wife, I pulled a muscle in my chest the other day. I don't even know how you pull a muscle in your chest, but I put, and it hurts to talk, it hurts to breathe. So hallelujah. The enemy tries to attack my throat, now he's attacking my chest. I'm like, Lord, Jesus, something about to break loose in here. It might just be me, but something's about to break loose. First Kings 5, I mean, First Kings chapter 1, verse number 5, it says, now Adoniah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. We just read where it says, don't exalt your own authority. But Adoniah exalted himself. He said, I will be king. So he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. And his father had never crossed him at any time by asking, why have you done so? And he also... And he also uh, and he was also a very handsome man, and he was born after Absalom. And he conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and with Abathar, the priest, and following Adoniah, they helped him. But Zadok, the priest, and Benaniah, the son of Jehodia, and Nathan, the prophet, and Shimei, Ray, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adoniah. And Adoniah sacrificed sheep and oxen and fatlings by the stone of Zoheleth, which is beside Inrogel, Inrogel, I'm not even sure how you say that, but it's Inrog, 
Miguel, and he, Carlos, he wrote it, I don't know. And he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah and the king's servants. But he did not, this is important, but he did not invite Nathan, the prophet, Benaniah, the mighty man, or Solomon, his brother. Then Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard that Adonai, the son of Haggith, has become king? And David, our Lord, does not know it. So now come, please, let us give, give you counsel and save your life and the life of your son, Solomon. Go, up, go at once to King David and say to him, Have you not, my lord, O king, swore to your maidservant, saying, Surely Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne. Why then doth Adoniah become king? If Solomon is supposed to be king, why does, one translation says, why then does Adoniah reign? If Solomon is supposed to be there, how come Adoniah is there? Verse number 32, then King David said, call to Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophets, and Benaniah the son of Jehodiah. And they came into the king's presence, and the king said to them, take with you the servants of your Lord, and have my son Solomon ride on my, my own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there as king over Israel, and blow the trumpet, and say, long live King Solomon. Then you shall come up after him, and you shall come in and sit on my throne and be king in my place. And I've appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. And Benaniah, the son of Jehodiah, answered the king and said, Amen. Thus may the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, say as the Lord has been with the Lord, the king, so may he, may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David. I just want to, this probably ain't going to be on the screen, but in chapter 2 of 1 Kings, verse number 12 says, And Solomon sat on the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was firmly established. Somebody shout it was established. I just came to say to you this morning, there are some things that are about to get established in the realm of the spirit so it can manifest in the realm of the natural. Push on about three people and tell them we're going to overcome the spirit of Adoniah. Come on, just tell them we're going to overcome the spirit of Adoniah. That's what we're going to overcome today. Amen. Father, we just give you praise and glory and thanks. Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're an ever-present help. Lord, you're here in this service today, and I ask you today, Lord, to use me, wear me like a coat. Let me speak as it were the oracles of God. Lord, I thank you for an open heaven today. Lord, I thank you today, Lord, that you give us eyes to see, a heart to receive, an understanding to receive what it is that the Spirit is saying to the church. Lord, we just thank you today for what you're going to do, and we give you all the praise in advance, all the glory in advance for what's going to take place in the next few moments. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, and everybody together said amen, amen, and amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Porter. Let me just begin by saying a couple of things here, maybe a little bit of a reiterating to where I want to get to. But how many know that the battle that is taking place in the earth right now is the battle for authority? 
That's the battle that's going on in the earth right now. The struggle of our day is over who is going to be in charge, who is going to be in authority. And the devil would like to think that he's going to be in charge, but we understand that, that according to Scripture that the earth doesn't belong to the devil. The earth belongs to the Lord. In fact, Psalms 115:16 says that the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. So nowhere in there does the earth ever belong to the devil. It has never belonged to the devil, and it will never belong to the devil. And God and Satan both know and understand that in order for authority to be released in the earth, it's got to be released through people. Because people carry either good authority or bad authority. So authority in the earth is always released through people. All earthly authority is directed and determined by leaders. Those we follow and those that get elevated. That's how earthly authority is dictated. Whoever is in charge will ultimately determine something about how we live. Whoever is in charge will always determine something about our way of life. Right now, the body of Christ is standing in this space. I'm calling it a gap between the previous moves of God and the impending moves of God. And in this gap, we are confronted with this threat that is bigger and greater than any one of us. And in this gap, we, have, we are trying to position ourselves so that we make sure that whatever is in, in this gap that's trying to exalt itself under its own power doesn't get to stay there very long. Because in this gap, there is an evil spirit that's at work that's trying to exalt its agenda without heaven's permission. I'm going to wait on you here in a minute. And what God is doing, God is positioning his church, his people, to understand that the gap that we are standing in, the gap that we are positioned in, we have to realize today that it's only a gap. It's only for a season, and God is ultimately going to get the glory at the end of the day. So in this gap, in this gap, they, there, there's these spirits that are trying to exalt wrong authorities, wrong ideologies, and wrong leadership into a position, into a position in order to occupy time and space. That's what's happening. That's what's going on in our world as we know it. That's what's going on in our life as we know it. And so, so, so in this gap where the church has to recognize, it's in this gap where we have to begin to understand and realize and know that God is still at work even beyond the natural evidence. Hallelujah. So in order... In order, this is the way it works. In the natural, in order for you to believe something, you have to see it first. That's the way it works in the natural. In the natural, you have to see it in order to believe it. But in the realm of the spirit, you believe it, then you see it. And if you can believe it beyond the shadow of a doubt, if you can believe it beyond the logic of the natural evidence, then you can begin to push your faith into another dimension and begin to pull on the heavenlies and begin to bring in what God has orchestrated over time and space and bring it into a material place in your life and in my life 
and even over this nation so that the power of God will be exalted. And if you want to talk about a great awakening where there will be a movement of God like this planet has never seen. But the church has to recognize we cannot give up and give in just because of what we see. So, so, so there are powers that are sitting in positions of authority right now that look like they have the upper hand. And, and, and don't just put me all in the category of a political environment, even though that's part of it. But I'm not just talking about politically. There are authorities in place, and it has everything to do with the way we live. There are demonic spirits that are ruling through unruly people that are causing the ways of life in the way which we live. And we have to recognize that we are wrestle, wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. So I'm not in a fight with a person, but I am in a fight with a spirit. And the moment I begin to realize that I'm not trying to attack a person, but I don't have no problem attacking the spirit that's driving the ideologies of a person. So, so God, God, because we understand that, that God can raise one up and God can pull another one down because promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. Promotion doesn't come from the north or the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. He is the judge. He's the God over everything. The powers of heaven are released in the earth through the sons of God. That's what Nancy McCready was talking about. There is an army rising in the earth, and it is the sons of God, and we're not here to retreat. We're not here to give up. We're not here to back up, but we are here to let the powers and the principalities know we are in this fight to win it and not just get through it. So God, God has this sovereign timetable in which he will intervene as he has always through every generation. God has a sovereign timetable which he will intervene and he will bring judgment to that which is out of order. And when he gets ready to promote, can't nobody stop it. When, when God gets ready to elevate you, can't nobody stop it. Come on, push on somebody tell them, you better watch out for me. You better watch out for me. See, I'm not tracking with man's order. You got to understand that. We are not looking for the man, man's order to elevate, to promote, to bring out. We are looking at the order of the Lord. And when God gets ready to promote somebody, you may not even be qualified for the job. You may not even have the right degrees for the job. You may not even make enough money that says, I even qualify for this. But when God puts his hand on somebody, when God God begins to favor somebody's life. God will take what the devil meant for harm and he will turn it around and bring some good and God will elevate people to his place. So in our text today, in our text today, it tells the story of David's reign, his, 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 David's authority, his kingdom is coming to an end. And, and in, and in this, this, this transference of power, in this shifting of authority, there's a new order that's about to take place. Ugh. But in this gap between David dying and Solomon coming in, in this gap, Adoniah steps in. He steps into place between the previous moves of God and the impending moves of God. Right before God can exalt Solomon... Adoniah exalts himself. Psalm says, don't exalt your own horn. Don't exalt your own authority. 
And Adoniah in this gap steps in between the previous things of God and the impending things of God. Ladies and gentlemen, if you think that God has finished moving in the earth, you are living under the wrong planet. God is not finished with what he started. So there's this gap where Adoniah begins to exalt himself to the throne. And the question was asked, if Solomon is to be king, then why doth Adoniah reign? If Solomon is supposed to be there, then why is Adoniah there? The enemy has put his king. The enemy has put his reign in place. The enemy has put his king in the gap. But don't worry. It's only going to last about a day. <laughs> it's, it's not, not going to last long because what the enemy don't know, that there is a company of sons. Come on, Pastor Tina. There's a company of sons. that I call it the Solomon Company. There's a company of Solomons that are rising in the earth who understand we have been anointed for this hour. We have been anointed for this generation. And we're not going to turn this generation loose to a devil that has no authority and no power in the earth. The enemy has put his reign in place. 1 Corinthians, you can write this scripture down to be on the screen. 1 Corinthians 2.8, it says, If the rulers of this age had understood what they were doing, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If the rulers of this age could not comprehend the wisdom of God, that's what it's talking about. The rulers, listen, I don't care how many people say they are smart, you're not smarter than God. I don't care how much you think you can put a hand on and maintain it, you're still not better than God. If the rulers of this age would have understood the wisdom of God, they wouldn't even have messed with Jesus. In their attempt, watch this now, in their attempt to destroy Jesus, they were actually furthering God's plan for redemption. In God's glorious sovereignty and providence, he used unbelievers to move his plan of redemption into place. If God did that for Jesus, what do you think he'll do for us in this generation when the rulers of this world think that they can do something against God like they're going to block God, like you're going to stop God, like you're going to prevent God? Can I tell you, God is stronger than the rulers of this age. God is stronger than the, the most brilliant minds of this, of this age. And if you think you can stop God, you are missing the point. Because God will use the unbelievers to even move his plan further down the road. Because God knows how to elevate. And God knows how to bring down. And let me just say this. God's not elevating an election. He's elevating a bride. Talk to me up in here. And God's just not elevating you. He's elevating a son. He's putting people in place that understands jurisdiction authority so that we can walk into jobs, we can walk into places, we can walk into circumstances 
You can walk in there with the mind of Christ. You can speak to issues. You can handle problems. You can overcome the power of the enemy. You can preach with a pulled muscle in your chest because God understands that when I get, when I, I'm telling you, there's an anointing on somebody in here today, and that anointing is not just flowing in you, but it flows out of you. So, 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 so when the rulers of this age thought that they could block God in, God said, I, I'll, just, I'll just let you work what you want to do, but I'll move it for my glory. So Adonias said, I'm going to be king. He was promoting his own agenda. He was promoting his own authority when he had no authority. It's the same spirit that the devil operates under. Isaiah 14, 12, the devil said, I'm going to ascend to heaven. I'm going to exalt myself above the throne room of God. I'm going to make my throne like his. The devil said in Isaiah, I'm going to make myself like the most high. That's the spirit of the enemy. That's the spirit of the enemy. What's going on in our world around us is nothing more than the unleashing of the spirit of the enemy. And the only people who have the power to deal with it is the church. Huh? Systems don't fix it. So it's the spirit of the enemy. The Adonijah spirit is a demonic spirit. It's a self-promoting spirit. It's a usurping spirit that positions itself without proper authority. So in our text, I'm about to get to where I'm going to go. In our text today, David comes to us as an Old Testament type, a picture of a Christ. Adonijah, this will be on the screen, Adonijah represents the spirit of the age. He represents the value system of mainstream culture. Adonijah represents worldly affairs. Going to preach on that in a minute, just Buckle up because it's going to get a little choppy around here. Solomon, watch this now, represents to us a son, a true son with the heart of a father. Solomon comes to us as a picture of the church. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 16. He said, I'm going to build my church. He said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the church that I build, the gates of hell, can't prevail against it. Adonijah is the spirit of the world. Solomon is the spirit of the church. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. I'm not going to build your business. I'm not going to build your ministry. I'm not going to build whatever you think you want to put your hands to. I will empower you to do it. But what I'm going to build, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my ecclesia. I'm going to build my called out ones. And he says, and what I build, I'm going to put some keys in their hand. I'm going to give you keys to bind. I'm going to give you keys to loose. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Here's the understanding. God don't give his keys to outlaws. God don't give his keys to usurpers. God don't give his keys to anybody. He gives his keys to the church, the ecclesia, the ruling, governing body of believers who understand that they are submitted and committed to a higher authority. 
And so, that, and I just want to say that, oh, man, I feel like preaching. I ain't there yet. But I, when God gets ready to understand that we have become, this is what Nancy was talking about the other day. When we become a picture of those mature sons, God says, now I can trust you with the keys of the kingdom. And now you can take those keys to the kingdom. You can walk into governmental places. You can walk into situations. You can walk into places where authority begins to exalt itself. And you begin to pronounce the word of the Lord again the impending powers of hell and by your word of authority because you have become a mature son of God now you have power to back up the words that you declare hallelujah so, 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 so the keys of the kingdom is to unlock things that have been held down that's why I said well, if you think that this world is going to be turned over to the enemy you're not reading the side of the same bible this world will never be turned over to the enemy. Jesus did not create this planet for the devil. And the reason why our planet is in such rough shape is because the church is in a rough shape. But when the church finally gets it right, yeah. When we begin to realize we're not just a social club within a social event, just to somebody to come around and say, well, I went to church. We're not some religious organization. We are the ecclesia. We are the ruling, governing body of believers sent on this planet with power, with authority, and with a mission to overthrow the purpose of darkness. Push on somebody and tell them, why does that and I reign when I'm here? Come on, tell them. Tell them. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach in a minute. I'm, I'm getting there. So the battle, trying to get there, the battle that is being waged right now is over authority. Anytime something begins to emerge, there are critical moments that begin to occur. These, these are be on the screen. Just a little bit, little bit more rehearsing, but I'll add some more to it. Critical moments occur when something is about to be born. When Moses was being born, there was a movement to kill all the babies. Because any time a deliverer is about to emerge, someone wants to kill it in his infancy. When Jesus was being born, there was another critical movement to kill all the babies. Because when a deliverer is about to show up, there's a, there's a spirit that wants to kill it in its infancy. At the birthing of something great, there are critical moments to kill it in its infancy. You wonder why you had to fight all them battles. You wonder why you had to walk through all the hell you've been walking through. You wonder why you had to overcome everything you've been overcome because God had to, God is birthing something monumental in your movement. <laughs> critical moments, this will be number two, critical moments occur when something is being developed. When, when someone is being developed, how many know that the input of that person needs to be something good? How many know that person needs to be surrounded with some right information? Because it's critical to their, to their development. Because if you get connected with the wrong people, Pastor Carlos was just talking about that. What you connected to get, does matter. <laughs> because if you get connected with the wrong people, it can take you years to undo something. You have to know that your developing is important, and who gets their hands on you is important. Now, let me say this to all you real tight parents who don't let your kids get under somebody else's authority. 
You need to watch yourself because some of the authority that God will put over your kids is exactly what they need because they don't need a nurturing anointing. They need a fathering anointing. They need somebody that can put their hands on them that's not impressed with their whatever. Can't find no help in here. I'm just preaching. It's, it, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me because how many know that God knows how to raise one up and pull one down? And sometimes, well, we don't want, we don't want them to get around people like that. But listen, you don't know what God's doing. It's interesting to me that when Moses survived being born, God allowed him to be developed in the house that he was called to take down. And he made Pharaoh fund it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Samuel was being developed, when Samuel was called to be a prophet, he was taken care of, being taken care of by Eli in Eli's house. And even though Eli didn't have it all together, and even though Eli was imperfect, the understanding is God will put you in settings to show you what he doesn't want you to become. I'm preaching better than some of y'all shouting right now. Romans 1.14, Paul said, I'm a, debtor, I'm a debtor to the wise and the unwise. I've learned things from wise people, and I've learned things from unwise people. God will let you spend a season around some fools. <laughs> just so that you can look at them and say, that ain't going to be me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You wonder why you're going through that season. You're like, everybody around you is crazy. God's just letting you know that that ain't going to be you. I'm just giving you a picture of what you don't want to become. <laughs> everybody that God puts in your life ain't going to have a halo. Everybody that God puts in your life ain't going to walk with two angels around them. I get amazed at some parents that won't let their children branch out and be under somebody else's authority because they're afraid of what they might become. So they stay like you, afraid of everything. Then you get mad when they get disciplined. Oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to go pastoral. I was trying to be prophetic, but now y'all going to get quiet. And now you see all these woods around me. It makes me want to hunt. Start getting quiet. Like in the children's church, where your son's acting up. He needs a spanking. You don't, uh, no, we ain't going to spank your kids. Don't get nervous. But we will tell you, you need to do something with him before he becomes like you. I don't believe it. I, I don't care what you believe. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. God's voice to Samuel sounded like Eli's voice. Hmm. Everybody grows, goes through certain levels of development where God uses somebody else's voice to sound like his voice to you. That's why being in church is important because you got to hear God's voice through somebody other than the way you determine it ought to be. Because how many know that we can all get off on a crazy trend every now and then? Well, I heard the Lord say, listen, that, that, no, you heard your emotions say? <laughs> if you can hear, this will be on the screen. No, maybe it won't be. I didn't give it to you. If you can hear God's voice through someone else's voice, if you can't hear, if you can't hear God's voice through someone else's voice, then you won't be able to hear God's voice for yourself. I think 
I thought about this earlier. Pastor Tina, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember one, years ago we were on staff. We were young, energetic, but had no sense. And Pastor Tina said, well, something to Bishop one time. I can hear God. Am I right about that? He said, the best way you can hear God is by obeying my voice. That was like, whoo. That was like a, re- I, I just went back into a corner. I said, y'all better, y'all better get that right. I ain't, saying, I ain't saying nothing. But I mean, God will put voices in your life, in your developmental stage, so that you can learn to hear the voice of God. And when you don't hear the voice of God through other people, then what you say, I'm an island to myself. I got this on my own. What you are saying is you're as flaky as snap, crackle, and pop. Got three amens, and the rest of y'all say, yeah. And and so then what you have, you, you produce these usurping authorities that won't get submitted to nobody, that won't get committed to nothing, They just show up to church so they can punch in their spiritual clock. They're not a part of the kingdom of God. They're not moving the church into vision. They just show up. They won't serve. They just sit in their chair. They just come and receive the music. They come and receive the the preaching, but they won't get involved in anything, but yet they got revelation for everything. They got the answer to everybody's problems, but you won't get involved to do nothing because you, sir, you, ma'am, you, hoss, has become an island to yourself. And everybody said amen. I'm trying not to look at nobody. (laughs) Samuel went running to Eli because he thought Eli was calling him, and all along it was God calling him. Then there's the third one, and we'll get off that one before y'all get really mad. Critical moments occur when something is about to be established. That's where I want to get. When something is about to be set, critical moments begin to occur. When something is coming into its place of dominion, when something is about to come into its place of authority, that's where the battle begins to ramp up. The battle has always been there because it will attack you in your infancy. It will try to discredit you in your development stages. But it will ramp up when something is about to be set. Because the enemy knows if I don't stop them now, I'm going to lose them forever. Because once they get established in authority, once they get established in maturity, then there's nothing I can do to stop them or block them. So that's why when, when you feel resistance... How many feel some resistance in the atmosphere of your life? When you begin to feel some resistance to your life, you have to ask yourself, is something being born? Is something being developed? Or is something about to be established? If it's being born, then you have to hide it. You have to protect it. You have to nurture it. You have to nurse it. If it's being born, you got to overshadow it. If it's being developed, then it needs to be mentored. It needs to be fathered. It needs to be surrounded with good environments. But if it's being set, if it's being established, there's a maturity that's about to be released in the true church where the powers of the enemy no longer has any say over it. This will be on the screen. The battle gets intensified at the moment of establishment when something is about to get set. Look at your neighbor and say, we're about to get established. 
Every attack in your life comes to discourage you. Every attack in your life comes to mess with your progress. And it comes to say, if you will retreat now, if you'll give up now, the attacks will quit, the fight will be over, and next thing you know, you're just giving in to whatever the enemy wants. But the enemy can't stand against God's anointed. The enemy can't stand against the people who've been purposed in their heart to believe God for greater things. Hebrews 10.39 says, we are not of those who shrink back. We're not of those who shrink back to destruction. But we are those who have faith in the, in the progressing and the preserving of our own soul. We don't shrink back. If you've got a promise from God over your life, you don't give up on it because you hit some turbulence. You don't give up on the victories of God just because it don't look like it's panning out right now. You don't walk away from the things of God just because it's not manifested. We believe to see. We don't see to believe. Mm. So in our text, I'm getting there. God is getting ready to establish Solomon in his place. When God is about to set something in place, it's the time that the enemy flares up. There has not been in our generation more manifestation of evil spirits since the history of what we have known in mankind. I'm not saying it hadn't always existed in other generations, but now there is no more hidden agenda to evil spirits. They are out vocally. They are in your face presently. We are exposed to more evil even at a younger age than what our fathers went through. You can have a five-year on a phone and they'll see more pornography in five minutes than most 50-year-olds have seen in a lifetime. Because evil has been ramped up. The battle has intensified. And if you don't think for a moment God has enough faith in us, he wouldn't have let us be here at this particular time. But God knows there's enough in this generation to say something back to that power and say, you're not going to rule as long as I got breath in my body. Woo. So there's this, 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 this set that's taking place. And in and, and, and this generation, the Spirit of God is trying to arise. Watch this now because God really wants to release some new things. The, the, the Spirit of God really wants to move in different ways, more powerful ways. But we have this gap. That's what we're in right now. We had this gap where we're contending with an Ananias spirit that's trying to hinder the will of God. And if, and if we don't deal with the Spirit, then Adonai will stay in play. The battle is nothing more than the indication that something is about to be set. <laughs> something is about to be confirmed, established in the realm of the Spirit. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and neither has it entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Just because you don't see it now don't mean that it ain't coming. Because God is at work in us both to do his will and his good pleasure. We are now, 1 John 3, 2, beloved, we are now the sons of God. And we do not know what he looks like, but yet when he appears, we shall be like him. Ah. So the battle is over, over this, 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 this establishment. Solomon was supposed to reign, not Adoniah. 
How I many know that the battle is not over your past? That's a religious teaching. Once you become born again, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The only thing that dwells in your past is your mind. And we keep reverting back to a past sin or a past lifestyle, and we let the devil beat up on us for 10 years because of something we did in the past. When you understand that you've been born again from above, it's not that you don't have to work some things out. It doesn't mean that you don't have to, like, work out some situations that put those strongholds in you. I'm, you got to do your homework. But at the end of the day, you don't fight over your past. The devil's not fighting you over where you've been. He's trying to stop you from where you're going. The battle is never over about what we did. It's always about what we're about to do. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him again. Say, you don't know who God's about to elevate. I mean, you really don't know. So don't get, don't get hung up and say, well, you know, I just, if you sin, repent. You know what made David such a man after God's own heart? That's what the Bible says. It's not because he was a perfect person, and it's not because he didn't have a past. David did all kinds of jacked up things. But what made David a man after God's own heart, David knew how to repent. And David would get back in the presence of the Lord, and he would cry out to God, and he would ask God to forgive him. And when God would forgive him, he would turn. He would turn from that direction and begin to move into another direction. He may have stumbled and fell along the way, but when he did it, he recognized, I have not just sinned against men, but I've sinned against God. And I, won't, I don't want to break the heart of the Father. So David learned how to repent. When the church in America learns how to repent and quit exalting themselves above, to things of the world and quit saying, well, I got this idol and I got that. And when the church learns how to repent and come back to the face of God, there will be a movement like this world has never seen. Amen. Amen. But, but we live in America, right? We live in America where we, we're, we're it's land of the free, home of the brave. We pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. You are exalting your horn above God. I don't really do nothing bad. They need to put a camera on you. They ain't no, Jesus said there ain't nobody good but one. <laughs> Look at you and say, you ain't him. <laughs> You're coming to your place of authority. You're coming to your place of establishment. I'm telling you, the battle that's going on in the American church, I, I, the, the churches around the world are doing really good. They're doing really good. The, the only struggling church is in America. The, the, the churches in the world ain't worried about preacher sneakers. Y'all know what that is? We got preachers on Instagram showing off their, what, how much they cost? Huh? Thousands dollar pair of shoes. Preacher sneakers. You think that you think the, the churches in developing countries of the world are worried about what your shoes look like when they got real demonic powers that are pressing in on God's people? You think they care about that? Only in America do we idolize preachers above God. Now, now we got what they call prophet watches. Is that what it is? That's what you tell me the other day, Vanessa? Prophet watches? Like. Look at my $20,000 Rolex. 
30,000. Uh, well, 100,000. Going once. Going twice. And I don't, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't about that. I don't, I don't care. I don't care if you, if you own 15 cars in your driveway. It's not about that. It's about the priority, though. And, and, and when, we, when we are more worried about image than we are souls, how does, how does a $1,500 pair of tennis shoes hurt the, help the single-parent mama that's struggling with three kids that can't even hardly find a job because she's got to have a babysitter at the same time? How does, why don't you give that $1,500? Y'all not going to help me. See, the American church has idolized while the other nations of the world, listen, the worldwide revival is breaking out except for an American. You know why it's not breaking out in America? Because we have exalted ourselves. We made ourselves above God. But God knows how to put one up and he knows how to pull one down. You think what's going on right now is just all just because we don't know what God's doing? It's because God is putting some people down so that the true church, so that the true sons of God will be able to rise. Yeah. So what's happening. So, so, so the battle, the battle that is taking place because there's a Solomon. I'm gonna preach in a minute. There's a Solomon company. Got ten minutes. There's a Solomon company that's coming who understands and has the ability to discern between evil and good. And that's what Solomon said. He he had a dream before the Lord, and 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 the Lord said, "Ask whatever you want." Solomon didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for fame. He said, "Lord, give me an understanding heart." I'm like a child. I don't know how to go out, and I don't know how to come in. Give me an understanding heart that I may judge accurately for the people. Whew, what would our nation look like if leaders would begin to call upon the Lord? If God were to ask you, what are you dreaming about? What would you say? I need another car. I need a better house. I need more money. Lord, just give me another car. I'll use it for your glory. You won't, pull, you, won't, you won't bring nobody to church with you now. We got an event here to, for the city to get people saved. We can't even get people to invite somebody to bring. Y'all ain't, listen, I don't care. I came here to preach today. I got nine minutes left, and I'm going to wear it out. I'm going to wear it out. Because, listen, we have become so comfortable in the body of Christ to the point that we wonder why Adonai is reigning. We wonder why Adonai has got the upper hand when a Solomon company is supposed to be there. But I'm telling you, God is about to raise up some real deal people. God's about to raise up some sons and daughters of the Lord who understand, I have been born for such a time as this. That's why we need this anointing. Because, listen, ladies and gentlemen, systems won't help us. Systems are not going to help us. The systems in our generation, even in the previous generations, cannot save us. Our public education system isn't the answer. And there's plenty of people in here that work for the public education system. And I thank God that you are a bright light in the midst of darkness. And we pray and we champion that. But secular society are the ones that are promoting materials. And they're trying to teach our kids an agenda that removes them further away from God. The reason why they don't want to teach history in America is because our history is attached to God. 
Call it like it is. The reason why we don't teach accurate history in America because our history is attached to God. The only reason why we're here is because believers left England to come over here to worship God without the exercising of tyranny over them. They don't want to tell people that. So we just rule out history. Cancel culture. <laughs> Healthcare is out of control. You can save for a lifetime. Spend one week in a hospital and use up all your savings. Social Security is out of control. We don't even know if there's any money in there. Truth is, there's not. They just borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. Our finances, our economics are in trouble. $27 trillion deficit. You'll never pay that back. Not under this leadership. Talking about the spirits that are reigning in our nation today. Because it's, it's, it's the, the, economic, the, 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 the systems of America is designed to keep you in debt. That's why you get a credit card when you're 15. They'll send you a credit card. You ain't even got a job. You can't even drive. They're going to send you a credit card application. Because it's designed to get you in debt. Because whatever you're in debt to, you become slave to. Amen. Preach on, preacher. Our political system is out of control. I don't care how you vote, whatever you voted for, every party is jacked up. There's demons in both parties. We probably, listen, just for your information, we're probably about to get banned on Facebook Live with the church services, okay? I'm just letting you know ahead of time, if you can't find us on Facebook, it's because they banned us because I refuse to sell out to a governmental power that says we cannot preach the gospel. I refuse that. Our penal system is out of control. We have more people in America, 2.1 million incarcerated prisoners. We have more prisoners in America than any other nation in the world. And we have access to more than any other nation in the world. But more people are incarcerated. Hmm. Got about eight minutes left. Y'all still with me? Come tonight. It'll be safer. Medication is out of control. We have more people on medication than any other country in the world. One out of every two Americans are addicted to prescription drugs. One out. Look at somebody next to you say, you, are you addicted? <laughs> we are a medicated society. We sell medication through commercials. They tell you symptoms that, symptoms that you don't have just so you'll get it in case you do have a symptom. And then they say, then, they, then if you read the little line, it says, now, now be, be, I don't know how they say it, but like, be, be sure to, to read the, the side effects. Your eyes go cross, diarrhea without control. I mean, the thing just goes on. It just, the list goes on and on and on. But yet we run to it. You know why? You know why? <laughs> Oh, my chest. Well, you know why my chest is hurting? <laughs> you know why? It's because we have depended on a system 
more than we have to God. The Lord our God is the healer, but yet we run to systems more than we do God. But we come up in here and we say, oh, God, we love you. Oh, God, we worship you. Oh, God, we will follow you. And the first sign of any trouble, we run to a system to get our fix. Ladies and gentlemen, we need a church that will rise in the Glades region and says we depend on him more than we do anything else. We depend on the Lord. And I know, I don't want nobody, I mean, because there's a lot of people in here that work in the nursing field, the, the, the hospital, Dr. Carroll's over here, and these, these guys are amazing. They're angels in disguise. And I'm not preaching against medication. I'm just saying being so hooked on it that your per, first preference is what can I do to medicate my pain versus believing God over my pain. Who would be a job? Who would be out of a job if you got healed? Huh? <laughs> so we got this gap. I'm trying to get where I'm going. We have these entities, these powers, and they're trying to define us. They're trying to define the role of the church. What is the role of the church in the earth? We got these entities, these powers that are trying to define us. People who are not a part of the church are trying to define the church. And they put these questions out like, well, should the church be involved in politics? Let me give you an answer. Or how much should the church be involved in politics? Here's an easy answer. Whatever we want. Should the church be involved in business? Let me give you another answer. Whatever we want. Should the church have involvement in education? Yes. At whatever level we want. Should the church be involved in marriage and morality? Yes. At whatever level we want. Should the church really be involved in family business? Yes. Because your system tells us it's okay to have three daddies. Some of y'all look like I just walked over there and slapped you across the face. It's not for governments. It's not for politicians or big tech companies or other entities to define the role of the church in the earth. Even if they censor us. You can't stop this thing. The gospel has outlasted every dictator known to man. Hero, Nero couldn't stop it. Hitler couldn't stop it. Hitler said, will the Third Reich will last a thousand years? Hitler didn't last another thousand days because the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ cannot be stopped. Can't be stopped. Well, we're going to shut the church down. I just saw somebody tweeted this to me the other day or yesterday, last night. Whenever. I got it the other day somehow. And, 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 and it said, Twitter has censored uh, focus on the family. I'm like, focus on the family? They are the most soft-hearted, the most gentle, loving people trying to help you raise your kids. And Twitter has censored them. You know why? Because they called out the, the transvestite in the, in the cabinet that we got now that's over. They said, that's not right. We don't want them people teaching our kids. And so they censored 
I'm like, I hope they shut everything down because that's when people are going to come back to the house of God and they're going to hear the power of the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our nation again. We have depended on big tech, big pharma, and we're letting people that have an anti-God spirit, we're letting an Adonijah spirit dictate to us what the move of God ought to look like. And I'm just telling you, why does Adonijah reign when Solomon has been called? Woo! I'm not mad. I'm just intense. Let me go. I got one more minute. Come on, Pastor Porter. You might as well quit trying to. It's all right. Just come on. Just... Just, just, yeah, I know, man, I know. I know you're trying to light that, write that last point down. I got you. Watch this. Let me, let me say it to you this way because I, I know we got to go. It's, it's 12. And, and I don't want your beans to burn. Because <clears throat> after all, that's the magic hour in America, right? Shut it down at 12 because I got things to do. I'm not making an excuse for going long. I'm just telling you. That's what we, the way we think. You have to know, the church didn't start this fight. We didn't start this fight. But now we're fighting back. And if you expect us to be quiet, you're not a part of this maturing army that God is raising up. If you are just going to be some mandy-pandy, watered-down Christianette, I'm just trying to tell you, you're not going to help advance the kingdom. Hold on, Pastor Porter. Let me just, let me, let me get through this here. The, they said to us, to the churches, we don't want you in our schools. I can say, okay, fine. I don't want your systems in our schools. <clears throat> we won't preach Jesus in your schools, but you don't preach your philosophies. Don't come up in my child's face with your illegal, outlawed, evil spirit ideology and try to put it in my child's face like it's a fact and did not expect me to walk up in there and say, I will stand in your face and say, if you're going to bring your ideology, we're going to have some born-again, spirit-filled teachers, principles that will stand for the gospel and fight you back. Yes, we will. I don't have a problem with you teaching my child arithmetic, scholastic. I don't have a problem with that. But you keep your ideologies out of their face. Y'all, talking about the school system. The, 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 I'm not talking. <laughs> Y'all were the ones who were hiring teachers to teach our kids what sex toys are about. How many got about three minutes left in you? Let me get through this list real quick. Y'all were the ones teaching them how to experiment with their, agenda, with their gender. Oh, it's happening. 
Y'all were the ones who brought some drag queens into a library and started reading books to our children. We didn't start this fight. Y'all came across the fence. <laughs> Y'all were the ones teaching gender identity, moral relativism. What does that, what does that have to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic? Y'all are the ones who said it's okay for Johnny to have two daddies. Y'all are the ones who said, well, it's all right to get an abortion if you want to. Don't tell your parents. Y'all are the ones who are normalizing pedophilia. Y'all are the ones who said it's okay for Netflix. All y'all that got Netflix need to repent. Because all it does is exploit children. That's their agenda. And we wonder why the church is moving at a snail's pace. It's because we give license to it, because we validate it, because we think it's safe. I'm telling you, there's an agenda. You cross the line, and you think the church is going to sit back and just take it laying down? You are missing the point. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a movement in the earth, and it's moving through the power of the Holy Spirit, and the church is about to release power like we have never released before, and Adonijah will come down. Church is not a mob rule. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not just creating some sort of theocracy. We're not trying. To, we're not trying to even to legislate morality. We're just trying to stop immorality. I'm telling you. There's an agenda. Adonai didn't get there because he was good. Adonai got there because he had an agenda. Let me give you this last scripture, and then we're going to have to quit. I'm not finished, but we're going to quit. Jesus said in Matthew 13 and 14, he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He goes on to say, you are a city that cannot be hidden. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Jesus was saying, in essence, we're not trying to be quiet, and we're not trying to hide. We're not trying to be quiet, and we're not trying. He said, you are a city set on a hill. Everybody knows you're there. Our testimony needs to be, when that stuff begins to flare up, we need to know that God is about to establish something. And if we become quiet, it will get set. We can either let Adonijah get set, or we can let the church get set. And if we'll let the church get set, the power of Adoniah will crumble. Amen. Because the war that is on us right now, the Adoniah picks the fight by exalting itself and then wants us to stay out of the very fight that it picks. I'm not going to do it. We'll close right now. The reason why I'm not going to do it First and foremost, I love this community. I love this territory. And I refuse to let a spirit dominate in a territory when there's enough believers on Sunday morning that ought to know how to exercise authority against it. 
Amen. So the battle lines have been drawn, and we have to make a decision. What are we going to do with an Adonai spirit? What I didn't get to today, but I will maybe next week, that if you don't deal with the weaknesses of a former move, they'll bleed over into a new move. And then the new move will be stopped. Because before David died, he spoke to Solomon. And he says, I need you to deal with these people because their heart is not right. And if you don't deal with them, if you don't take care of the weaknesses in this kingdom, they're going to be exalted in your kingdom. And it will hinder the progress of authority and dominion in the earth. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. You don't know how God can do a thing. Amen. Amen. I wanted to bring it down. I didn't want to end really high because I don't want you just walking out here in emotionalism. I want you walking out here with a thought. That the spirits of the age are real. And they're not trying to be your buddy. They're coming after your family. show you some stats next week of what that can look like. Because what we don't conquer in our day, our kids will have to face. Why did that and I reign? Didn't you say Solomon would be the king? We need to be asking ourselves, why does the enemy of our life reign when God said we would rule and reign with him? Why is the enemy reigning over these affairs of my life when God said I would be reigning? Why is the enemy getting the upper hand when God said I could have the upper hand? Why is my life spiraling out of control when God said I could be in control? It's the spirit of Adoniah. It's a usurping, manipulating its own self, exalting its own horn, putting it in a place above God. I believe today, in just a few moments, I'm going to pray, but I believe the spirit of Adonai is about to break. It's about to break in your life. And we're not the only church in America that's praying. I believe this is going to break, be breaking in this nation. There's some, real, there's some real men of God that are under all kind of scrutiny because they declared to come against governmental authorities. Isn't it refreshing to know that California Supreme Court finally said it was unconstitutional for them to stop meeting in California? Where have you been for the last 12 months? What changed? The laws never changed. They were always there. It finally took a breakthrough of somebody who had enough, enough sense to understand. You know how that happened? Because the church wouldn't be silent. The church wouldn't be silent. So now the Supreme Court said, okay, now, okay, we realize it's unconstitutional for us to ban now. It was unconstitutional during the pandemic. 
just pockets. Things are beginning to emerge. Adonai is coming down. Power of God is rising. Amen. I want us to pray this prayer. Come on all over the building. Lift your hands right there where you are. We're going to lift our hands. We're going to pray. Father, we just decree, if you got an Adonijah thing in your life, something that's trying to just raise itself against the knowledge of God, exalt itself against the authority of God, come on, just begin to speak to it now in the name of Jesus. Just begin to bind its power. Father, I speak to every wrong spirit. I speak to every wrong Adonijah spirit now in the name of Jesus that's trying to exalt itself over the people of God, the people of covenant, the people who have a stand with you, the people who have a walk with you. And God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind every impending spirit. I bind every thought. I bind every movement of the enemy against their life. And I break its grip. Come on, let's agree with that today. Father, we break its grip. We break its power. We break its power in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes, the grip of the enemy, loose them now, loose them now. Come on, let the ecclesia raise its voice. Whatever you bind, whatever you bind. Miracles, breakthrough, healing, restoration. Power of the cross, the blood of Jesus. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Satan, we take our place, seated at the right hand of the Father. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Spirit just working. I feel him. I'm just struggling right here because I know we need to go, but I feel the Holy Ghost. The powers of hell are being confronted today. Things in your life that have tried to stay in dormant and hidden are being confronted today. The Holy Spirit is like a laser surgery that's moving in those deep recesses of your own heart. And it's breaking up, it's breaking up that stronghold where Adonai has planted his strength. But the Holy Spirit is coming to uproot. The Holy Spirit is coming to overthrow in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something is about to be established. 
There's a setting taking place in the realm of the spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Just while your heads are bowed, just for a moment, I just, I need this. I need this not for me, but I feel like the Lord is saying this. I need this from you today. While your heads are bowed and you're saying, you know what, there, there's some there's some things in my own life that, are, that I'm wrestling with. I'm wrestling with it. The fact that you're wrestling is a sure sign you have not been defeated. The fact that there's a struggle is the evidence that you have not been defeated. So that's a good thing if you're wrestling with it. You're just saying, I'm not going to give it up. But you've got this thing going on inside. You say, I'm just wrestling with some stuff. If that's you, just throw your hand up right there where you are. I'm just wrestling with it. I see your hands. I see your hands. I'm wrestling with it. I'm not, I'm just wrestling with it. I'm wrestling with it. I see your hands all over the building. Church, will you just help me pray for those that got their hands up? Father, we come now in the name of Jesus, those who are wrestling, those who feel like the powers of hell are prevailing. Father, we come in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name, come on, the power of the cross is here. The power of deliverance is here. The power of struggle will be liberated today. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. Hallelujah. You won't always live like you're living. You won't always live in that condition. You, don't, you won't always live under that mandate of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I speak to it. I speak to it. I speak to it. Speak to it today in the name of Jesus. Be free. Call you free. This is a move. Let the move of God move inside of you today. This is a move. This is a move. There's an anointing. There's an anointing.
do this today because multiple people raised their hands in here and, I, and, and just, just so that we don't have time to pray for everybody. But when we get ready to dismiss, I want you to walk around and I want you to high-five somebody and tell them your day of deliverance is upon you right now in the name of Jesus. So on the count of three, walk around and high-five somebody and tell them your day of deliverance is upon you. One, two, three. Come on, tell them. High-five them. Tell them your day of deliverance here. Come on. I need somebody to prophesy that into the atmosphere. Somebody put it into the atmosphere. Somebody put it into the air. Hallelujah. Your day of deliverance is here. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. How many can stand maybe one more part of this Adonai spirit? One more part? Or oh, judging by the hand claps, y'all done with that one, ain't you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this, I, I, I have been so prompted by the Holy Ghost to attack what's attacking us because God's raising up an army he's raising up an army that's going to battle back amen this is what we're going to do we're going to we if we could have some guys maybe there's a team I don't know who's all involved but we got to move all these chairs out of here if you guys can help us tear that down we've we, we just need to get all this done so we can start. We got tables and chairs outside. We got to set up. If you got time, if you can help us volunteer, that would be greatly appreciated. We thank you in advance for that. We just got to, we got to convert this whole thing in now into a dining room. So we're fixing to do all that. If you guys got a, some time to help us, that would be greatly appreciated. So, Father, I pray over your people today. Lord, I thank you today that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. Lord, I thank you that the powers of the enemy, yeah, powers of hell will not prevail against you or your people. Lord, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated next to the throne of dominion, next to the power of authority. What's true of Jesus is true of us. And Father, we thank you that we're overcoming the spirit of Adonijah. Give your people rest. We thank you today, Lord, even as we come back, souls are going to be saved. Lives are going to be touched today by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we give you honor and glory for that now. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen. God bless you.